I'm gonna look for jokes that children like. Jokes that children. God, man, like everything you do gets you put on a list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Frugal fun for boys. What? <laughs> That's the website that I'm at. Frugalfunforboys.com. What did one wall say to the other wall? I'll meet you at the corner. <laughs> Oh boy, do frugal boys love this? Frugal boys don't have much. Frugal boys haven't had sugar in three years. Those so eight-year-old boys who are just hoarding their allowance in a shoebox somewhere and refuse to go outside. <laughs> I'll hang on to this now while I don't have to pay taxes for it. Why are elephants so wrinkled? Because they take too long to iron. <laughs> That's what I said about your mom. Oh. <laughs> I need my pants now, Deborah. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, my mom takes too long, Ryland. Give me my pants! What do you call a cow with no legs? Lean meat. No. Oh, with two legs. That would be, that would be, yeah, okay. (laughs) I read it wrong. (laughs) Cow with no legs is ground beef. (laughs) Why are ghosts bad liars? Because you can see (sighs) right... Why is this our podcast? We just looked up frugalboysjokes.com. You Googled cheekjokes.com and are reading it on our podcast. I'm putting it into it now. So this is going to be pretty challenging. Okay, let's get you ready for your wedding. Up and up. My job to give 100%. It's important for us to pause for a moment. Okay. Life Pile. This is Life Pile Podcast, the only podcast that schools you. I'm lifestylist and lifestyle expert Camden Johnson. Eyes on me. You're supposed to say eyes on you. Oh, eyes on Dylan Bragasa. Party like it's elementary school. Start with a German and end with a fifth. You know what I'm saying? No. What are you even saying? What does that mean? Germans make beer, so you start with a German beer, a, a, a nice lager, and you end with a fifth of hard alcohol. So German, because kindergarten, kindergarten is a German phrase, and fifth grade is where elementary school ends, at least at my school. So start with a German, end with a fifth. That's how you party. Mm-hmm. Right. So... I found that the best jokes usually have an invisible step in the middle that has to be explained. Uh, and they do kind of uh, vaguely insinuate that Ryland was, just had a flask under his desk at all times in elementary school. I mean, that's how you get through those assignments. You know what I'm saying? Life Pile podcast is the podcast for pedic pedagogists pedagogies pedagogies pediatricians life pile podcast is the podcast for peers who don't let facts get in between them and the lifestyle section of the school library every week we review the biggest lifestyles to live this week you're bringing you all the lifestyles to live in Elementary school education. Before we get into that, we're going to do some live on-air lifestyling for you. But before that, do we have any corrections from last week's episode? Last week, we did the biology episode with guest expert Blair Britt. Yeah. Don't have a correction so much as a confession. I drank an entire 
French press of coffee during that interview. So if it sounds like I'm dissociating halfway through the episode, it's because I had left my body and I was looking down on me and Blair from my roof. I did see your spectral form standing next to me, but I didn't say anything because I'm I'm just really bad in social situations. Well, you know, a lot of the scientists that listened to our episode, they did write in and they did embarrass Blair a lot, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to air that dirty laundry. You know, that's between them. So why are you airing it right now? (laughs) I didn't, I didn't want to. Now, normally when we get submissions from our loyal audience, my best friend and confidant Gabe would read these submissions to the audience. However, we have some tragic news for everyone listening. Uh, Some of our regular listeners will know that he no-called, no-showed, which at the time I said, he must be very sick. Let's look after him. Let's see what's wrong. At this time, currently a week later as we record, there is a missing person search out for Gabe. If you have seen a 20-something intern very handsome, very smart looking, good height, fine body, you know, please let us know. Send all of your tips to 720-663-8163 or lifepileshow at gmail.com. I will say that I first met Gabe when he was interviewing for our internship. And from the first day and every day, I've said he's talented, he's beautiful, he's got what it takes. And he's like a son to me. So it's uh, very sad to see him or I could say not see him as he is missing currently. I think I think the Canadians did something to him because the night that he went missing, he sent me a text and he said, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, C.A. Right. And Canadians. It must be Canada. That's all I can think of. That's the only oh, thing why would they sense. do that? C.A. These fucking Canadians. I'm so sick of their lies. Well, in Gabe's absence. I had to scramble and scrape something together. So this week we are not taking listener submissions so much as we are outsourcing some research to other experts in the field. I went and contacted some of our leading elementary school experts and asked them to give us a few sound bites that we could use based on some of their research. Uh, This first expert question is, what would you do in a zombie apocalypse, here's what our experts said. I would hide in a cave. I would do a triple backflip 360 snipe. So hide in a cave and then 360 backflip snipe. <laughs> There's two kinds of people, you guys. You can really boil down the world to would you hide in a cave or would you do a triple backflip 360 snipe? Well, let's go around and say which one we are. I am hide in a cave. I'm obviously triple black flip flea 50 snipe. Yeah. Flea 50 snipe. Cam? I mean, that's my thing is I've got some anger issues. Rylan says I'm defensive and sensitive, which I think is insane. I think he's maybe a little defensive and sensitive. Oh. And definitely when a zombie first comes at me, I do a triple backflip and I snipe him right in the head. But then he's got a buddy coming at me, too, and I do a triple backflip and I snipe him, okay? But now here's one. He's breaking through the kitchen window, so I triple backflip and I snipe him in the air, okay, right? But now this one is punching through the sliding glass door, so what do I do? I triple backflip and I snipe him while I'm in the air. Mm. But it's getting super tiring, and honestly, I 
should have probably just sniped them standing still because they're zombies and they're slow. But I've got pride and I got a little zest and I got a performer's heart in these bones, you know. But after about five zombies, I tuck myself out and I'm like, oh, I could go for a nap in a cave. And, you know, that's where I'm going right next. So, honestly, the triple backflip and snipe, I'd give it a live it and then an immediate leave it. I could go for a nap in a cave right about now, curl up <laughs> some moss. Well, you know, like we learned over this past summer from that Asian soccer team that caves, they only have one exit. So, uh, you get stuck in there. You're screwed. Like go, go find a tube to hide in. That way you got, got a hole, another hole out. Two exits. Yeah, exactly. In case, cause you don't want the zombies pinning you in there. Don't go to a cave, go to a tube somewhere. That's way better. That's why I'm giving the triple backflip 360 no scope snipe a live it. Okay. All right. I'm saying if you don't. Accept me at my cave. You don't deserve me at my triple backflip 360 <laughs> snipe. So that's a live it. <laughs> this next expert, I gathered a few and I asked this group of experts an important question on government, on leadership. I asked, who's the best Disney princess? Um, Ariel. Because she's a mermaid. Um, Ariel's the best Ariel. Because she's a mermaid and I and I love mermaids. Well there you have it, folks. Damn. That's a triple aerial? Triple aerial? It was a triple double triple no scope 360 blind study. Uh everyone was blind <laughs> in the whole study and nobody knew what each other was answering. So these aren't three experts standing next to each other. Three independent people all came to the same conclusion. It's Ariel, baby. She's a mermaid and it's dope. I don't know. It's really sad to hear because honestly, what this tells you is that this next generation coming up understands global warming, even though the old, old men in the Mm. house and the Senate don't. So they all know what's the best Disney princess. Oh, the only one that's going to be alive in the next 30 years. The one that can breathe water. She's the most sustainable. Yeah. What's the best princess? Uh, The one that doesn't die within the next 10 years because they drown on melted glaciers. Really, they're answering. Here's the only Disney princess that exists in 2040 is what they're really telling you. For the folks at home, that was Cam's roundabout way of saying Elsa can huff it (laughs) like that snow queen is going to have nowhere to live in a few years. Honestly, I would be a big supporter of Elsa if she would admit that global warming is a real problem and use her ice powers to fix the melt in Antarctica that is desalinating the oceans and leading to massive extinctions. Interesting. I've never seen Little Mermaid, but I do like that crab. So (laughs) any princess that has crabs, that's the one for me right there. So got to go with the Ariel, too. That's classic Rowland style. I'm trying to think of my favorite Disney princess. I think the whole time growing up, it was Pocahontas and I knew all the words to that one. But can you paint with the colors of the wind? uh, Yes. And I can. Oh, shit. I can, yeah, that's what I, I can thought. Sing with all the whispers. That's of the what mountain. I thought. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm just gonna that's what I thought. Slink back into the ocean. I'm gonna make a man out of you, Dylan. Don't you worry. Ooh. Oh, so Cam thinks it's time to get down to business and defeat the Huns. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's your favorite princess, warrior princess. Uh, ooh, we're getting a little too personal. Oh, 
yeah. Cam just brought up ocean salinity. I actually did talk to a marine biologist for this segment, and we did ask this expert, why is the ocean so salty? And here's what they came back with. Little meteorites carry water on with salt, and then it lands on the earth, and then it breaks up, and then there's water, there's salt water on the earth. Bet you guys didn't know that. Wow, I, I didn't. Salt water comes from space? You got it, baby. I love meteorites because they are the grub hub of the galaxy, huh? Mm-hmm. Have you guys heard the story that we got octopuses because one of them hitched a ride on a meteor and it crashed into the ocean? And then it was like, guess I'll set up shop. And that's where we got those freaks from mm-hmm. and then they invaded all the cartoons it's like come on can't watch a single anime without an octopus showing oh, up get out of no. here i'm trying to watch my anime get out of the way octopus <laughs> octopi favorite animal as a kid growing up salt i have it for every single meal and that's every single meal it might be in chicken shape it might be in tex-mex shape it might be in a wendy's double decker but i'm eating salt for every meal so like, what else came from meteorites? It sounds like it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Dylan, have you ever considered that you might possibly be a Roman centurion? Elaborate. Well, you've been brought up on this whole salt-only diet, which was the salary of Roman soldiers. Maybe this is a conspiracy that goes straight to the top that has been grooming you as a Roman soldier. You thought the Roman Empire collapsed. Oh, no, it didn't collapse. It just went into hiding. You're one of the dark secret Roman centurions. Uh, Cam just said the word salary, which makes me think of my next set of experts. (laughs) I asked this group of folks about the economy. I asked them, what do you want to be when you grow up? And here's what we got. A person who makes movies. I want to be somebody who works at a hotel. I want to be somebody who does soccer. I want to be an architect. I'm not telling. Me neither. I want to be a police. I'll be a um, Star Wars. I want to be a waterpark owner. I'm going to be a butterfly. (laughs) (laughs) A a butt? A butterfly. Oh, a butterfly. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I love the... The breadth there, because I I do worry about, you know, kids these days. They see their flashy videos on YouTube, and I worry that they're all going to want to be YouTubers when they grow up. And I really like the spread that we got there. We got it all. Yeah. We got hotel manager. We got uh, police. We got uh, a Star Wars. A Star Wars. Yeah, and there's not a lot of kids who are aspiring to that, so I'm glad one of those kids got it covered. We got water park owner, which is great. Most people just want to stand at the top of the slides and say, wait, 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 wait. All right, you could go. Well, you know that is the owner, right? Those oh my people God. The yeah. King of the Castle. Yeah. Why do you think he has it. the highest chair in the whole water park? Oh, I forget yeah. that water parks are one of the few true hierarchies we have in the country. And it's because whoever's highest in the park is the most important. <laughs> These interviews do also point to how much you are influenced by your peers as a young person. Because you'll notice in that recording that two people said... I'm not telling you. And then the third kid hearing that was like, oh, what the hell are these guys getting up to? I guess I'm going to have to be a police because these two are up to some secret shenanigans. Can't be no good for nobody. I guess somebody has to take responsibility and to be a police. 
really speaks to Gen. Let's see if we're if we're getting past Gen Z, Gen Alpha. I've heard thrown around. Really, Alpha? Yeah. We're gonna go Greek on this. That's what I've heard. After Gen Z, alpha. we gotta start a new alphabet. Unless we're gonna go right back up. What are you gonna do? Are they Gen Wingdings? Because when I go through the fonts on my computer, that's what I find after the alphabet mm. normally. It should be emojis now from this point. Jen smiley face, Jen frowny face. (laughs) Jen poopamonicon. Right. (laughs) I'm excited. That's going to be my great, great grandkids. I'm going to give them so much shit. (laughs) (laughs) And I've got one more expert for you guys. We asked this last expert a question we've been pondering since the beginning of time. Why is the sky blue? Oh, I remember. I don't remember. Do you remember? I know. Uh, it depends on which type of air and gas you have inside the earth. This is a true expert. Because mm-hmm. as an expert, when you get asked something that you don't know, what you want to say is, oh, I remember, but I don't remember. <laughs> Dylan, what do you think about this? Because oh. I know, not at the moment, so why don't you let them know, and I'm still an expert. Yeah. This is pretty much what I say every time someone asks me why the sky is blue. It's some variation on the air uh, (laughs) and the gases that are there in the earth and uh, such as. Are people with blue eyes, are they the most earthling of us all? Do they have the same air and gases inside of them that earth has inside of itself? Everyone knew that girl in fourth grade who was like, my eyes are green when I'm happy, but they change with my mood. And so they will turn kind of like silver or purple when I get mad. So that's know her in third grade. I met her two weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) So to that end, I think people with blue eyes by this expert's logic are just the gas gassiest of all of us if you see someone with blue eyes you need to get them to a restroom quick and how yeah that means that they just eat taco bell i do want to bring this back do you guys have questions you want me to ask these experts in the future how does money get its worth that's a good one i'll ask the economists who are telling us about jobs in the future um what's the point oh boy (laughs) why even try anymore why even go on all right it's all pointless. Which is better? Which is better, Fortnite or Minecraft? Because Fortnite, really popular with the kids. Minecraft, really popular with the kids. I, I would like to know where actual kids stand. Yeah. Hey, Dylan, I've got a serious question I'd like to know. What's that? If you could ask these experts for Yes. Me. Oh, my God. What you eating under there? <laughs> what? Hey, what you eating under there? I don't understand the question. What are you eating Why under not? there? Am I eating something under someplace? Uh, <laughs> what you eating under there? What are you eating under Dylan, there? What you eating oh, under there? Uh, Cam, you're mistaken. You think that I have a snack right now, but I'm currently not eating anything. <laughs> what did you eat under there? I'm not sure what you're referring to. I'm I'm under a roof right <laughs> well, now. Well, just ask the experts and then get back to okay, me. Okay, all right. I'll forward your question along. Ask them what they think about our president. Oh, oh, I'll ask the Disney princesses what they think. They seem to have a good handle on government. Yeah, name your favorite president. Ariel. (laughs) Uh, That's my my president. Nothing but respect for my president. So let's dive into the educational system. And Dylan has our first segment. Dylan? Sure do. You guys, we're talking about elementary school this week. It's a magical time. You get to learn how to speak and write English if you're 
in America, I guess. You get to take naps, and that's all good and well. Education's very important, but we all know the hallmark of elementary school existence is those sweet, special 20 to 30 minutes a day where you're on that playground, y'all. Now, I didn't ask our panel of experts this, but I feel like playgrounds and recess have changed recently. We have a lot of these. Have you seen these sculptural playgrounds all over the place? They're kind of like more art than they are playground. And it's full of abstract art looking like ropes going hither and thither and big (laughs) brightly colored panels, but nothing really resembling a jungle gym or, or something that we had during our childhood. And it seems more like for adults to look at than for children to interact with Ah, how it should be. So I wanted to revisit the golden age of playgrounds and take a look at some of these playground classics. Hell yeah. And after we've gone over some of the greatest hits, we'll decide whether we want to live playgrounds the way they once were or be ushered into this new age of sculptural art, adult MoMA, contemporary (laughs) art, sculpture, playground, adult world. All right. I'm going to start at the top. The very tippy top, the top of the hierarchy, if you will, the highest point on the playground. Oh, obviously I'm talking about the slide, you guys. Yeah. Metal slides to be exact. They're outlawed these days. Mm. You don't see them on playgrounds anymore. They used to be a thousand degrees. They smelled like baked pee and they had rusted rivets and nails sticking out so that if it caught you the right way on the ride down, you'd rack your... (laughs) Your sensitive areas. That's that's for safety. That's to keep you from going too fast. Right. Speed bumps. Maybe I grew up in a bad place, but we had slide shitters. Uh, People who would. What is that? I just remember like whenever I would go to the playground, you have to make sure that there's not poop on the slide. I think people would go there during the night. And be like, huh, I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna mess up some little kid's day real bad. And they would just poop on the slide. Is this what it's like to grow up in Aurora? <laughs> I grew up in a great part of Aurora, but we still had the slide Apparently not. <laughs> I do have a specific slide I want to show you guys. Listeners, if you want to squeak on over to our Instagram. You can follow us there and get all of the visual content that is the companion piece to this podcast. But here's this slide I wanted to show you guys. It's a slide in a park called Lincoln Park in Los Angeles, and it is an Aztecs temple themed slide. Wow, that's so cool. It's so cool. Until you think about it for just more than a second and you do realize (laughs) that Aztec temples did have slides on them and they were for sliding blood and organs down back to the (laughs) ground after a sacrifice. So this slide, to my knowledge, I think is no longer standing. I think this is a photo taken from the 80s. Why would they want all the good stuff to slide down off the top of the pyramid? Keep it up there, right? Um, I don't know the ins and outs. I feel oh. like this is something Cam knows about, but maybe it was just the <laughs> the flesh suit was the only part the gods wanted, and uh, then you could take all the yeah, juice out. We could talk about that, or we could talk about why Rylan thinks the guts are the good parts <laughs> of a human being. <laughs> Rylan, care to, care to elaborate? Well, you know, I mean, I wouldn't work without all that stuff in me, so that must be the good stuff. All right, so I've got another uh, <laughs> playground 
heavy hitter. We got the merry-go-round. Do you guys remember these metal oh, death traps? Yes, I did. Bars on it. Yes. That G-force. That test. G-force test. They had those handles there because I guess you were supposed to stand up and hold on while someone gently spun you around, and that's never what happened. You always straddled the bars, or you sat down, or you tried to get as close to the middle or as close to the edge and see who could keep on there till the G-forces oh, threw you into another school. Yeah, I was on one of these about a year ago because we had a company picnic and it was it happened to be at a playground so all of these adults after drinking beer got onto this spinny device and my foot came loose and I kicked the woman spinning the thing right in the face oh. so hard that my foot really really hurt I felt so bad for her but she was fine how many teeth does she have now <laughs> I think 26 she is fine. I can't even remember who she was. So <laughs> he doesn't care at all about his crime. Rylan kicked this poor lady so hard in the face. He doesn't remember who she is anymore. I do have another top 20 playground fixture for you guys. This is swings. We've all been on a swing before. It's that Hell yeah. rubber strap. You got chains. Recently, these chains are kind of enveloped in like a sheath or something. That's apparently not how it always used to be. Swings used to be made out of wooden boards, I have discovered, and the chains used to be those S chains that were a little bit open-ended, prime for pinching those fingies, Yes, and would get rusted as shit. Children would apparently go home with orange hands because they would be covered in rust. Mm-hmm. I used to be a little... What's a what? Am, what's the word? I'm, a little Fabio. What's a Lucario? A, Luth- a Lothario. What's a Lothario? <laughs> <laughs> what is a Lothario? <laughs> yeah, I. That's a great question. What is a Lothario? I'm gonna Google. A it. man who behaves selfishly and irresponsibly in his sexual relationships with women. Are you serious? Okay, that's maybe not exactly what I was in first grade, <laughs> but I was something similar to that, and I really was down to have girlfriends like the second my parents put me around other people. And I remember my main way of establishing romantic relationships. You guys remember getting married on the swings? If you're swinging at the same time as someone else in the swing set, you are married. Married. Oh, yeah. That's legal. That's how it happens, Doc. And that's how I got uh, Amber, my first girlfriend, and later Kelsey, my girlfriend in third grade. Nice. You Lucario. (laughs) Have you guys heard of jungle gyms before? Of course. This is a new swing. And by new swing, I mean it was from the 1920s. And what I'm showing the boys right now, you can get a look at it on Instagram. It is a jungle gym that's set up on a swing set. So you can be jungle gymming and going upside down. I love this so much. This would be so fun as a kid. It does look like a nightmare. I would put like 20 kids in here at one time and just see how many kids we can push over. I love this little cage. I've got one final piece of playground equipment that is relatable to nobody because I've never seen it before. His name is Giganta. I'm going to go ahead and drop what? a I don't photo think for any keys should be equipment for children to play on. Wow. Giganta is a robot that automatically produces fun, according to the advertisement. <laughs> I love it. 
It is a two-story robot jungle gym that's got two arms coming out of the front of its body that are slides. It's got a head that you could climb up into and look out around at. They've got a little kid who appears to be sunbathing on one of Giganta's feet (laughs) there at the bottom. And then his torso is just a cage full of children. And they don't make them like this anymore, you guys. They sure don't. Back in the day, they really understood that a playground should be a cage to put your children in. People have lost that understanding, apparently. Oh, yeah. I mean, with this, like, art playground stuff that I'm telling you guys about, those are open air. You know how many kids are getting lost and wandering off into, like, a FedEx or something because there's nothing to contain them? I thought this was the playground. Right. My playground's so indistinct and artsy, I don't know what it is anymore. Not if you got Giganta. He's there watching over your brood, and you can get back to looking at your pager or drinking a Diet Mr. Pib or a Fresca or whatever people did in the 90s. I don't like this look that Giganta has given these kids. Look at his eyes and tell me you want somebody (laughs) giant looking at your kids like this. It's hard not to look that way when you're looking down, you know? How how else? You can't look down without looking like that. (laughs) Without looking down on them? (laughs) I guess he could have droopy lids. That would help maybe a little bit. No, it would not help. I'm going to tell you it would not help. Although it would be even worse if he was just like looking up and away like, oh, this is decent. I can't look at this. I do worry about the fact that Giganta's arms are stretched out in front of him and they are slide tubes for children to, to slide out of. And so mm-hmm. all his weight's going to be there in the front. And if Giganta does fall over at the bottom of the ad, it says that his weight is 4,400 pounds. That's a lot to fall on your child. I do want to point out that they call them Giganta's arms, but Giganta has very obvious shoulders and no arms coming out of him. And then where his nipples would be are two very long cylindrical breasts (laughs) coming out of his chest. That are lactating children. You're saying those are boob slides? I'm saying, what are you, what else are they? Look at him. Look at Giganta. Yeah. Or her, I guess, yeah. with these very long cylindrical breasts full of children. I'm furious that that is bulletproof logic and I have nothing to say to negate that. <laughs> All right. Well, we've gone on a horror tour of the very metal, very hot, very rusty, very dangerous uh, playgrounds of, I want to say yesteryear, because it was only like a year ago that all of this stuff was still in vogue. Are we living playgrounds how they used to be? Are we leaving it? And are we going into this weird Art Nouveau sculpture park? It's a commentary on synergy between nature and the frivolity of youth. Dylan, you've you've set a lot of slack and shade at uh, these modern playgrounds, but you haven't shown me any. You got I have no idea what you're talking about. You gotta show me these modern playgrounds before I can decide to live old school or live new school. I'll post some of these goofy quote unquote playgrounds in the Instagram. Ooh, I like this wood one. That is it's nice looking. nice if it's like a patio, but it's not if you're a kid. <laughs> yeah, it's not nice for kids. Yeah. What is this? <laughs> this one between two sticks and it's just a strip of curved plastic between two sticks? What is Yeah, that? it's supposed to be fun, I guess. It's not. Mm-hmm. I gotta agree with Dylan. A big part of adulthood is sometimes, you know, driving to work and thinking about swerving your car into oncoming traffic and then going, (laughs) I'm not going to do that. Or waiting for the train to come and the thought comes to you to jump in front on the tracks and then you think, (laughs) 
I'm not going to do All that. Right, rain it in. Okay. That's a big part of adulthood. Uh-huh. And how do we learn to go? <laughs> I'm not going to do that unless we have been on a dangerous playground as a child and gone. I'm going to jump off this two story robot. <laughs> and we do that. And it's very painful. And we go, you know, next time I have a thought like that, I'm going to not do that. Right. Yep. I reined it in. He, didn't you I? did. I reined it in. What do we have less of today than we had before? What? We have fewer astronauts. What do we have more of? Parkour artists. Okay. Uh, People that just find boring stuff and learn how to make fun with it by running on it. We need more astronauts and less parkour. Bring back the cool, dangerous, G-force inducing playgrounds. That's yes. what I'm saying. Get rid of these parkour kids. They're so annoying. So that's a that's a live it to these old playgrounds from you, Ryland. Yes. But also, I did want to talk about one little thing that's not really dangerous, but it was fun. And I do miss those little tubes that you could talk through. Yes. Oh, yes. They were always stuffed full of gravel, so they wouldn't work. Yeah. Well, sometimes they weren't. And, and they were really cool because you didn't, if it was a busy playground and you didn't know it, you didn't know who was on the other end. Ooh. So you were just talking with somebody over there. <laughs> it was the, it was, it was chat roulette, but like Omegle <laughs> without the camera, you know. Hey, you want to come over sometime? <laughs> I've got all the milk and cookies you could eat. We could watch some movies if you come over. Don't tell your parents though, but just come over sometime. I do miss that a lot. Those it was the post secret cool. of the day. Spinny tic-tac-toe was a big one for me. Me, I I want to say. Oh yeah. You got oh yeah. Little, that was super dangerous. Little too. buckets. How was that dangerous? Gambling. <laughs> <laughs> the veritable casino of playgrounds were those little spinny tic tac toes. All right, Cam. Live it or leave it on old playgrounds. So yeah, my whole suicide one was my argument for why you should live it. Gotcha. <sighs> Listen, I'm a I'm a delicate flower. I need to be coddled. I need to be surrounded by beauty. And all that said, I still miss the way that playgrounds used to be. It's a live it from me. Fuck these modern art playgrounds. Oh yeah, Dylan, that's a beautiful segment. Thank you for bringing it to us. I've got a hot segment coming in. In order to do this episode on education, I stepped into our time machine and jetted around the time stream to bring us. A few of the different waves of education we've had, past, present, and future. And I'm going to bring you guys three different forms of education, and we're going to live it or leave it to each one. Mm. Ooh, right. yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Oh, but I have to look at this chat that Dylan just sent. What he sent. just <laughs> my last playground I, I want you guys my, to see. <laughs> that's a bike rack, Dylan. <laughs> that is a playground. It's a, it's a modern playground. It's three feet tall. Right? <laughs> this Dylan. is what they want. This is what they're making our kids play with nowadays. This is what the liberals are doing to America. It is. This is the future they want. Is it art? Is it fun? It's neither. All right, Cam, I will now let you do your segment. Sorry. All right, y'all. The first educational system I'm bringing to you comes to us from the ancient Greeks. That's right. We're talking about the gymnasium. The gymnasium was formed as, and this is all coming to you straight out of Wikipedia, y'all, was formed as a public institution where young men over 18 received training in physical exercises. The supervision of the gymnasiums was entrusted to... Gymnasiarchs, which is the best (laughs) title I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Gymnasiarchs who directed the schools and supervised the competitors. 
the gymnastai were the teachers, coaches, and trainers of the athletes. The Greek gymnasiums also had le- held lectures and discussions on philosophy, literature, music, and public libraries nearby. The word gymnasium is the Latinization of the Greek noun gymnasion, gymnastic school, bodily exercise, and generally school, which in turn is derived from the common Greek adjective gymnos, meaning naked, by way of the related verb gymnazo, whose meaning is to train naked, train in gymnastic exercise, generally to train to exercise. So the whole point was to do it naked because the naked male form was hot as hell and a tribute to the gods. I... I'm trying to get people to understand this. It's not a fair homage to the gods of of physicality and physical work. If you're not exercising at 24 hour fitness, buck Mm. ass, butt Mm. ass, Mm. naked, Mm. it's disrespectful to your fellow worker Uh outers. Your gym, no, your gymnasia. Mm. Is that what you were saying, Kim? Yeah, the gymnasty. Oh, the gymnasty deserve you naked. The gymnasty. Yeah, I'm gonna need you to do those squats, uh, holding a barbell in front of me, uh, completely. But no, I'm gonna amend it, Cam. I'm gonna say butt ass naked. But you just got Reeboks and tube socks on. I think that's the way to do <laughs> Reeboks it. Reeboks and tube socks, baby. Are we making a pop song? Reeboks and tube socks. <laughs> nothing else on. Reeboks and tube socks. And nothing else on. Boop, boop. I don't need less reasons to go to the gym. Please don't make this be a thing. I've just gotten done on this cycle bike. I've toweled off my butt sweat a little bit, and now it's your turn to hop on. Now sit on this seat butt naked, Ryland. No! I can't even sit on a toilet that other people have sat on. It's natural. You know what I love is when people uh, will be like, it's like the Greeks or the Romans did it the same way they're like, the founding fathers did this as if for whatever reason, yeah. Greeks, Romans and founding fathers are like the pinnacle of how human beings are supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, if the Greeks had Lululemon, they wouldn't have been exercising <laughs> naked. <laughs> Lululemon is a tribute to the gods. It pleases them to see us in Lululemon. <sighs> <sighs> Now, the ancient Greek gymnasium soon became a place for more than exercise. This development arose through recognition by the Greeks of the strong relation between athletics, education, and health. So they were out there watching all these strong young boys get swole, and they're like, oh, these boys gonna get learned. Accordingly, the gymnasium became connected with education on the one hand and medicine on the other. Physical training and maintenance of health and strength were the chief parts of children's earlier education. Except for time devoted to letters and music, the education of young men was solely conducted in the gymnasium, where provisions were made not only for physical pedagogy, but for instruction in morals and ethics. As pupils grew older, informal conversation and other forms of social activity took the place of institutional blah, 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 blah. Philosophers and sophists started showing up and teaching lessons and making out with hot youngsters. So, ancient Greek education, y'all, and I just want to throw in one more time that I have it in the notes here somewhere, but part of the gymnaste was a guy with a very specific Greek name whose job was to be the person who rubs everyone down with oil and also the surgeon. Oh, the gymnastiest, I think, was his title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the gymnastiest <laughs> boy there ever was. He's the gymnastiest boy. That's another thing that nobody seems to understand. If you have not coated your body in olive oil and rosemary before you jump on that 
pectoral fly machine, you're not working out right. Everyone needs to be a little more oiled up and a little less clothed. Yeah, that's what we need. More oil all over the machines in addition <laughs> to your naked, sweaty body. Yeah. Yeah, all your ball sweat and oil. All right, y'all. So I looked it up. The elipite, and I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong, oiled and dusted the bodies of the youths, acted as surgeons, and administered any drugs prescribed. <sighs> This seems like a one-stop shop. I can go in. I can get my lips done, apparently. I can get oiled up. I can kick back with my other book-learning friends who are just old, wrinkled hags of men like myself, and we'll sit there in our robes and cloaks while we watch Dylan, the hot Dylan, young more like, more like hot 30-somethings fresh back from a war they just fought in. That's what like, the philosophers and sophists were like. Oh my God. I need you to read this. There is a writing by Plato about Socrates. Socrates is hot mid thirties. Somebody just back from fighting in the war uh-huh. and he shows up in the gymnasium and he's hanging out with his buddy and his buddy's cousin comes in and he's the hottest stud you've ever seen before. And Socrates is like, who's that? And his buddy's like, Oh, that's my cousin. Socrates is like, I'm going to pretend I'm a doctor and sleep with your cousin. And the other guy's like, oh, and this whole philosophical text is just Socrates, like seducing this young man in the gymnasium. It's hot, dog. It's it's sexy. It's who boy. It's a hot one. Well, if everyone's hot, fresh back from war, super smart philosophers, also they're up in the gym working on their fitness for Galicious. It seems to me like I would not fit in in this gymnasty unless I was like, did they say anything about like a janitor there, Cam? Or maybe the person that <laughs> swipes people's cards on the way in and is like, oh, yep, here's the towels. I mean, they, they got to be there, right? For me, uh, you know, my least favorite class in school was gym. And it's no surprise that the people that loved gym... Oh, who do they wind up being? Uh, fraternity bros, a.k.a. Greek letters. Got it. <laughs> I'm connecting the dots. I see what you're trying to do, Cam, and I'm going to have to live this disgusting <laughs> gym. Uh, my whole school is gym now? Get out of here. This is gross as hell. So you- I've had enough dodgeball for a lifetime. Thank you very much. Goodbye. That was a leave it? Leave it. All right, you did say that. Oh, I did say live it. <laughs> So here's the thing is that school is gym, but the the school that Plato founded, the academy, legend says that above the door was inscribed, let no one ignorant of geometry enter here. So Bye. it was not only uh, a club full of gymnastic. And that's the thing is like, so it is a bunch of people hanging out, lifting weights, doing gymnastics and geometry, which is kind of giving me a boner right oh, this now. Is so I gotta real. say live it let me take you now to the Dutch Republic July 15th 1606 Rembrandt is born his full name I can't pronounce is Rembrandt Harmenzoon Van Rijn or something like that Ooh. he's considered he's a painter right? he is a painter and he's one of the greats and considered one of the most influential Dutch painters but 
here's the thing is that he's also uh, created, he's famous for his rough style, which I think maybe influenced the impressionists a little bit. Cause you'll see, if you look at some of his paintings and we can maybe throw up some of these on Instagram, his paintings have this very interesting style where parts of them are super detailed and then they'll suddenly in other parts of the painting be not detailed and just very like abstract expressionist shapes. There's this one painting he has of a martyr. This martyr apparently was killed by being skinned alive. And in the portraits, it's very detailed, sorrowful, divine face. And he's holding the knife that was used to flay him alive. And the knife blade is painted with a singular stroke. He like expresses the violence of the knife in the way he paints it very simplistically. Uh But here's the deal as we find out in the modern age that a whole bunch of the paintings we thought he painted, he didn't paint at all. Uh In fact, at this point, it's extremely difficult. Many experts disagree about which paintings are actually genuine Rembrandt paintings. The reason for that is that at the time in the Dutch artist community, the way that copyright law worked was that after your basic education you'd apprentice under a painter and uh, that painter would teach you in the style they invented as a master painter so you would learn through rote exercise to copy their style exactly and they owned creative licensing to that image because it was their style so rembrandt would teach his students to do his style exactly and then sign his name on them because they're his paintings. Or sometimes he'd do little touch-ups on his students' paintings and release those as his. Because under that current idea of intellectual property, that's what ownership was. Which makes you think a lot about what what's the deal with our intellectual property loss. That's a whole nother episode, y'all. But train in a school under a master. Learn his style exactly. I go train under Steve Martin. I got the arrow over my head. I'm playing the band show. It signed Steve Martin. And I will do that for a long time until I invent my own style of comedy. Now I'm here. I'm, I'm Camden Johnson. Farts. And now I'm a master and I'm writing my name on somebody else's fart jokes. Live it or leave it, y'all. I think it's a pretty obvious live it. I mean, that person for me was Cam. Then I said, Cam. Papa, the master, you have taught me how to do the comedy so well. Uh, w- would you like license to all of my creative works from here on forth? And Cam looked at uh, all the improv shows I was doing every Friday night back in Boulder, Colorado, and the butt jokes that I was making. And he said, uh, nah, I'm, uh, <laughs> nah, don't worry. No, it's fine. No, put your name on that. You put your name on it. So as much as I think it's it's a cool system, I guess it's a leave it? Dylan, you know that's a damn lie. I want to take credit for everything you do. Oh. Beautiful genius of a fox, you. It's all my doing. That's my style. That's I know you boy. all think Dylan's very stylish, but that's my style, and I'm just lending it to him. I learned literally everything I know from him. how to dress myself, how to eat. That signature wiping style he uses in the bathroom, I taught him mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Take seven sheets, wrap it around the two fingers, and then they're... The mummy. The mummy. <laughs> the mummy. 
me. You wrap your whole body in toilet paper and then you walk home. <laughs> I'm good. I'm clean. I'm good to go. No marks on me. Uh, you know, when I was really young, my dad was in the military. And so he we we had to move over to Europe uh, and live in England for a while to be part of a military oh. base. <laughs> And while I was there, I had this this kooky, crazy teacher, and she would always like to hang out with me and ask me questions about, oh, you know, I I see you guys are really poor now. Where do you live? And I'm like, under the stairs, lady. And, and she's like, oh, I see you fell down, and you got this cut on your forehead. What's that? And I said, I don't fucking know. I cut my forehead, lady. Leave me alone. And then I kept playing with sticks and stuff, and little do I know, I wind up writing a whole series of books for this lady. Her name, JK. AK. Hey, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Rowling is the only person to use the phrase little do I know because he's the only person who can speak to how he doesn't know something while knowing what he doesn't know at the same time. Yeah. So I'm still waiting on the royalties. I don't think they'll ever come in, though, because and now J.K.'s changing my whole story all the time, saying the snake was a person. God, J.K., I didn't write that. You can't just take my story and change it. I, so. I see where you're coming from, Rowland. Well... I think maybe we can all agree on this next education system. Last but not the least, I traveled 20 years into the future to uh, visit and interview myself. And I found out that 20 years in the future, I am the chief moral and ethics officer of a pharmaceutical company. And I was able to share a few details of the release we're coming out with 20 years in the future. This is a brand new drug that promises to revolutionize the education system. It's called night school. All it takes is one pill every night before bed and you spend your whole day without ever having to go to school. One single day in your life, you're free to do whatever you want. Make music, make art, do whatever you want. Adopt a pet. Your your days are your own because at night in your dreams, you'll be at night school. You ever dream that you're at school without your pants on? Well, now it's true. Because with night school, you receive education via your dreams. Ever suddenly have a dream where you're taking a test that you didn't study for at all? Well, you didn't. This is night school. Now, education is done from kindergarten up through post-grad, all done via subcutaneous, subconscious, subliminal dream hypnosis that teaches you everything you need to know while you sleep and only emotionally scars you. A tolerable amount. Live it or leave it. This is such a bad idea because what do you do with all those kids while they're awake? Oh, we don't have the school that they're supposed to be in oh. anymore because they're going to school while they're sleeping. Now they're just running amok, lighting off fireworks in my mailbox. Get out of here, you kids. <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you? Stop. Simple solution. Huh? Tiny town, little business town. What's that little business town we used to take kids to? Now oh, they work. Ameritown. Yeah, now you set them loose in Ameritown, okay? And they're running around writing bad checks that are bouncing during the day, <laughs> being little animals in their own society, and the grown-ups get to drink wine and be in peace. What worries me about night school is I feel like there's some tricksters nearby waiting in the wings. I'm looking at you, Ryland, and they're going to sneak into the night school factory where they make the night school pills, and he's going to get into those <laughs> lesson plans. By that, I mean the big vats where they keep the recipes that get poured mm-hmm. into each individual capsule. The lesson plan and, vats. 
and he's just going to sprinkle in some Dorito dust or some Mountain Dew Horde Red or something. And so in the middle of my lesson, I'm going to be learning about the French Revolution. And they'll say that on one frosty night in 1853, Doritos, 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 Doritos. And I'm going to be screwed for life because I got shortchanged. So. Yeah. And you do know that all those night school pill factories will be in Texas and all the pills will be edited. So they're not talking about the native Americans, you know, it's going to be so messed up. But now that we're thinking about, you know, like kids in the workplace working alongside me, I would like that. I think so. I think I would like to go to my, (laughs) my fridge in the break room and open that baby up and see all these juice boxes with with sticky notes on them, with barely legible <laughs> handwriting. Like, oh, I thought <laughs> I thought this was mine. I couldn't read it. I couldn't read it, so I drank it. Like more juice boxes. That's a pro. Whoa, 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 <laughs> Taylor! You so. need to switch to decaf, buddy. You had one cup of coffee last month, and I can still see it in you, pal. <laughs> Calm down, oh buddy. God. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's gonna be a leave it for me. Because I can't remember my dreams. For me, like, yes, I love little kids in the workplace. Also, I feel like it's inevitable. You know, we've legalized weed. Let's legalize all drugs. Let's go heroin. Let's go cocaine. Let's Let's go go meth. Let's go cocaine. And then, (laughs) then once we have them all legalized, what else can we do but lower the age limit so that Everybody can take drugs no matter how old they are. In fact, you're required by the state to take drugs, little boy. (laughs) You got to take these drugs and go to sleep. Yes, I love it. I, too, have noticed (laughs) that every slope is slippery. I, too, have noticed that. Live it. Slip that slope. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. Talking to you boys. I was sold on it because Future Cam seemed very positive that it was a great idea. But he had a really nice apartment, and I think he was making a whole shit ton of money. And I'm not making any money of that so far. And all all parts of this sound bad, especially now that it occurs to me that for all I know, I am currently taking night school, and Ryland has snucked his Peace Doritos into it, and I'm living in his nightmare educational re-education Dorito piss camp. And that's a terrifying nightmare I have to wake up from, so I gotta say, leave it. Alright guys, talking about nightmares. (laughs) You know, it's October, and next week, uh, maybe we might have a little spooky episode for you. Who knows? I'm not, I'm not promising anything. I'm not promising anything, but I thought uh, maybe I could dip my little tiny t- little toes into what's spooky, okay, <laughs> while also appealing to children, all right? Why are you appealing to children? <laughs> so I went around and I Googled scary stories by elementary school students and i found some of the scariest spookiest stories written by children okay so we're gonna go through them i'm so excited and we're gonna see what they're really scared of in this spooky october month okay so the first story i got here is the tale of the scary ghost by cecilia 
She's in kindergarten. So I'm pretty sure somebody wrote this for her. How could a kindergartner write this? I don't know. <laughs> she lays back in her chaise lounge and she has her servant transcribe it with a feather quill. <laughs> yes, that's probably exactly what happened. Okay, so here we go. Once upon a time, there was a scary ghost and a little girl. While the little girl was sleeping, the ghost put a spell on her. When she woke up, her parents were gone. Her older brother asked her what was the matter, and she answered, Our parents are gone! <laughs> After breakfast, they, they made sure to have breakfast. After breakfast, <laughs> the two went to look for their parents. They looked day and night, and on Tuesday of all days... <laughs> They found them riding their bikes in the park. (laughs) Then they all went home together. The end. (laughs) That ghost just wanted their parents to get some exercise. Oh, yeah. Where did the ghost go? (laughs) This is a story written by a kindergartner whose parents are meth addicts. You remember that time our parents rode their bike for five days in the park? We found him on the fifth day and they were still riding that bike. I know. I hate thinking of like what real life experiences influence yes. these. I would imagine nothing. I think it's just scary to think about your parents go missing, right? My sister and I wrote a lot of, did you ever get those sweet books? They would hardcover bind a book for you that you wrote in elementary school yes. and send it home with you as a present. Yeah. I read a one that my sister wrote in like third grade when I went back to my parents' house for a visit recently. And it was all about how I wouldn't look up from my iPod when my sister wanted to play with me. And so she sold me. And then people, (laughs) the person she sold me hated me so much that they sold me to another person. And it's the story of how I keep getting sold off to different people who are like, I don't want this fucking asshole to live in my house. Get off his iPod. Fuck this guy. Yeah. And... My sister was like, great, I don't care. Like, whoever gets him, gets him. At least he's not on my plate. And my parents came home and were like, where's your brother? And my sister was like, sold him. Who cares? And my parents were like, no, you need to get him back. And the only reason my sister had to, like, go on this journey of talking to all the people who, like, then he was sold to the old lady at the grocery store. Then he got sold to a fish. Then he got sold to a... Was because my parents forced my sister to, like, care about me. And I want to say that was taken from real life. And we can expect that from all of these other stories. Yeah. (laughs) All right. The next one up, we got The Spooky Night by Alexandria. She is a third grader. Okay. Okay. One day, there were two sisters named Lucy and Lexi. They were playing at their home. A new babysitter was going to babysit the two girls. The babysitter's name was Sophie. (gasps) (laughs) Sophie arrived at their house. They're spelled incorrectly. Come oh, my on. God. Wow. <laughs> the babysitter said, okay, you can go now, she said to the parents. The babysitter said, now what do you want to do? Well, said Lexi, I would like to play downstairs. Okay, said Sophie. So they went downstairs and played hide and seek. First, Lucy had to hide. So they were looking for Lucy when Lexi was looking for Lucy. (laughs) 
When Lexi was looking for Lucy, she saw a skeleton on the floor. <gasps> Lexi screamed help, and then Sophie ran and gave her a hug to make her stop screaming. But it was not Sophie. It was a witch. Oh! And she, she was about to steal Lexi. So Lexi grabbed the witch's arm and said, stop it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so she went to a different house. Then Lexi found Lucy and their mom and dad came home and now everyone is safe or maybe not. What the <gasps> hell? What happened to Sophie? Where's Sophie? Sophie is the witch. I think Sophie was killed. Uh, <laughs> Sophie well, died. Sophie was the skeleton. The witch ate her alive. <laughs> stripped her like a piranha. Oh. Mm, that 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 makes the most sense because they said it wasn't Sophie. It was a witch. So I think this book is based off of Sophie being the worst babysitter ever and how <laughs> Lexi really just wants to replace her with a witch because she's that bad. I know that this has happened to Lexi where she was being annoying and her mom grabbed her arm and said, stop it. <gasps> <laughs> and then so that's what she would do to the oh, witch, obviously, because it worked on her. Yeah. It must work on a witch, too. Yeah. I just also love that being kidnapped by a witch is essentially the witch grabbing you and pulling you away. And her defense is like, no, now I'm pulling you. <laughs> <laughs> I... I wonder who Lexi's best friend is in real life. Because y'all know it ain't Lucy. She looked around the room and picked a friend that was the disposable camera friend that she could write out of the story and turn into a skeleton. Lucy bounces pretty early on in the in the script. Yeah, yeah. she yeah. doesn't say it in the story, but there was blood on them bones. Uh, and mom and dad come home and there's just a skeleton on the floor and they're like, whatever, we're happy. We're happy. You know? As long as Sophie's not here. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Sophie sucks. Sucked. She won't let me drink my Danimals. She wouldn't give us extra dessert. <laughs> Raylan and I were on the same brain train there. <laughs> if Sophie ever denied Lexi food at one point in her life, she's getting written as the witch. <laughs> All right. So, last story we have here, it's Untitled by Sarah. She's in fifth grade. All right. This story is about me, the author, Sarah, but I need to first tell you about Lucy. Once upon a year, <laughs> all right, once upon a year, there was a girl. Her name was Lucy. She was a five-year-old girl. She died in 1787 when someone was trying to poison Marie Antoinette with a dessert. <gasps> Lucy happened to walk by the tray with the poison dessert she ate it, and then she died. Yeah, no <gasps> shit. That's why you don't eat other people's desserts. The end. The end? Warning. <gasps> this isn't the end of the story. Oh, oh shit. God. After this paragraph, there are some scenes that might not be good for your health. Now be sure to buckle your seatbelts and oh, get ready for a ghost story. God. <laughs> Where's my seatbelt? <laughs> Lucy blinked her eyes open. What is going on? She saw semi-solid people drifting around. She hadn't seen them before. Then she looked down. Why am I seeing my own body beneath me when I am standing up? Lucy saw that people were at a funeral. Her body was in the coffin. Oh. Why am I at my own funeral? Oh. A girl who looked about her age with clothes from 300 years ago drifted over to her. Wha well, she said. You died. Uh, 
I died 300 years ago, <laughs> and my expression was exactly like yours. <laughs> the neck muscles are popped out, and the <gasps> eyebrows are scrunched together. What? I know this about my expression because somebody told me. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy was confused, but she did remember eating a dessert, a tasty tart. She felt a bit <laughs> peculiar after, but it was winter and she was five. <laughs> then she remembered darkness surrounding me. Then I saw it, a glowing ball of golden light with green grass for a floor and a strange square... <laughs> A strange square with illegible words drifting across. I wanted to touch the square, but I knew that once I touched it, I couldn't come back. From what? What do I have to come back to? A house where I eat nothing but slop and carrots? Oh, shit, Mom. <laughs> Getting That's why she ate that, that dessert. Yeah. <laughs> it's all making sense now. Backstory. See? And no unnecessary exposition. Mm -mm. No. Show does This is a good writer. She's amazing. Exactly. I touched it. I saw angels swirling into the square until it sucked all the darkness into it. I couldn't let go. I had to let go. The light was blinding now, not comforting. All my memories were swirling above me, none of them nice. Then I saw one, the tart. The crumbs. I saw what happened. I was falling. I couldn't stop. It was a hurricane. Hate, love, wish, take, friend, foe, give, take, royal, poor, eat, starf, nice, bad, pretty, ugly, good, evil, heal. Then the words stopped coming. Because of one word. Poison. (gasps) The word turned red and flashed around me, engulfing me, killing me. The words disappeared. All was quiet. All was black. Okay, I'm dead. So what? Lucy (gasps) said. (laughs) This is going all over the place with my emotions. The stranger replied, You can't go home. You will have to live in a closet until the 21st century. And then you will go into someone else's body. It will be an experience. (laughs) <laughs> it's uh it's something <laughs> Lucy questioned and how do you know this the girl answered I manipulate time it's my talent all ghosts have one or more talents Whoa. your talent is to go into bodies oh. obviously Lucy muttered and your second power is oh You're lucky. You got a good one. What is it? (gasps) Lucy excitedly asked. Elemental transmutation. Elemental transmutation. (laughs) That's a good ghost talent. (laughs) Oh my goodness, Lucy exclaimed. What does it do? The girl explained. You can turn one element into another. You could turn anything into whatever you want. For example, you can turn dirt into gold. Also, my name is Dionysia. I knew you were going to ask it. <laughs> Boom! As, as Dionysia expected, Lucy did live in a closet. It was a drafty closet, but she scared people. <laughs> what? <laughs> she lived in America because France was cold. On Halloween, she ate candy. There was one girl who was nice named Emily, but then she died of tuberculosis, and they were best ghost friends. (laughs) Emily's talent was sound manipulation. 
they had fun with that one. Ugh. So back to Dionysia and her prediction. Something will happen in the 21st century. Remember, Lucy will go into someone else's body. Well, that someone is me. Oh my god. What? The end. The end. That's the end. What? Yeah, dude. Pretty spooky. Pretty spooky. Watch out for Sarah with Lucy inside of her. I am deceased. I am dead. I'm getting Shonda <laughs> Rhimes. I'm getting HBO special. This is giving me Thrones. It's giving me Mad Men. It's giving me Old Testament. Like, this is like what people sound like when they describe meeting God or like <laughs> angels. They're like fear, love, pretty, hurt, bad, good, poison. It's twist after twist after twist, which is what American audiences have been trained to respond to. Mm-hmm. I was hooked in. I was was never bored. Love it. This was my favorite piece of media I've consumed in 2018. <laughs> that is including <laughs> Lady Gaga's A Star Is Born. <gasps> yeah. Oh my goodness. A Star wow. Is Born. Right A Star Is Born. Star it's Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is just the pilot because I think most Ooh. of the first season is once Sarah has a ghost living <laughs> in her body who has memories from 300 years ago. And also gives Sarah the ability to transmute elements. But at the same time, sometimes she takes over Sarah's body. But they solve crimes because she also gets the ghost's ability to jump into other people's bodies. So she's jumping into the mafiosa's body, getting evidence. She's jumping into the serial killer's body, getting evidence. You see? Okay, we're going to go for 10 seasons. I love it, Sarah. Yeah. And there's so much you can do with the transmutation, you know, like, oh, that guy has a gun. He's going to shoot me. Psych, that gun's jello now. Whoa. Life Pile Podcast is the only podcast that teaches you to live by rote. We want to thank the aliens for the tech. We want to thank the ancient Greeks for the grease. And we want to thank Scott Davis for doing the music for our show. If you want to be part of the show and you can be, you can call in to 720-663-8163. Next week, we're going to be doing a spooky, scary episode. If you have any ghost stories or paranormal encounters, you should call in and tell us about them, and we'll put you on the air. Absolutely. You can also participate in the show by following us on social media. we got a Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. All of those are going to be at Show. And we post a lot of our listener prompts on Instagram. So if you follow us there, you can check on our stories when they go up and write in the little box an answer to the prompt and it might end up on the show. We are also starting to embrace the fact that we are the only visual podcast and we've decided to just own that. And now all of our Instagram posts, you'll find a clip from the new episode. You'll find all the images we talked about in the show and uh, some sweet little album artwork there. So follow us to uh, get the full 3D, 4D smell-o-vision experience of LifePile there on Instagram. Now, if you want to catch me this week, I will be at the grand opening of my new gymnasium. And uh, if you haven't heard, we do have a special little hook, a little 
extra detail that no other gymnasium has. That's right, we're the first ever gymnasium whose gymnasty includes an exercise ghost. That's right, this ghost will force you to exercise for days on end. I know we all have trouble sticking to those New Year's resolutions, but with the exercise ghost, you can't help but to work out. Come on down to Camden's Greasy Gymnasium. And if you guys want to see me this week, I'm going to be heading over to Jamba Juice pretty much every day after work. Get my usual. I'm going to get the orange dream machine, large size with some protein powder because I love the chalkiness. The <laughs> cashier is going to say that's $5.64 and I'll reach into my wallet. I'll pull out the cash. I'll hand it to her. And oh, God, my hand went through her hand. I, I've been dead the whole time. I've been dead the whole time. <laughs> Catch you there. If you want to catch me this week, I'm going to be uh, handing out poison Pop-Tarts to a bunch of little kids at the elementary school playground (laughs) as they answer my questions in the hopes that one of them will die and turn into a ghost that can turn all of my coffee cups into golden mugs. Hell yeah, gonna make a killing off of this. That's good ghost. That's good ghost. (laughs) This is Life Pile Podcast. Light your life on fire. (laughs) 